the Generative Art Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the wide world of tools in development. You! We're going to talk about tooling. Yes, tooling, tooling, tooling. Um, I think when you look at all generative art, there has to be some tool involved by nature of what it is. Um, at the very least, we have the black box that provides uh, some kind of decision-making tree that is outside of our hands and being descendants of monkeys. The thing that sets us apart, of course, is the tools that we use. So yeah, alternative art has tools. Um, and we're going to talk about, I guess, uh, yeah, just like all of them or a lot of them, yes. as many as we can fit into an episode. Yes. Um, so going back, I guess, um, and you know, this is a kind of good way to build up from our previous history episode. Um, some of the first computer generative art uses, what does it use? Um, yeah, some of the first examples of computer generated art used uh, Plotter, uh, which is something you're going to be very interested in, Tim. I have got here the uh, Compost 68 group used the Electrologica X8 Plotter, which was produced by the Electrologica X8 Philips computer. So I'm assuming you program the computer and that then sets off the plotter. As you were saying earlier, just before we started this, the Electrologica is just a cool name. So, yeah, yeah. I like the word. Exactly. I, I feel like when when did we go from Electrologica to electric? Yeah, can we call everything Electrologica? Yeah, I'm I mean, just, I'm um, talking to you today via my Electrologica laptop. Yes, I've just, plugged, I've just plugged my laptop into the Electrologica socket. <laughs> socket, yeah. <laughs> but yes, this is Electrologica. It sounds, it sounds a lot less dangerous, I guess. Um, and don't don't forget the X8. It's Electrologica X8. I'd love to know where the X1 to X7s are. And maybe the A to X8 Electrologica well. heaven. <laughs> Did we just go straight yeah. to X8? Was there an A1? Through there were the crazy times, those sixties. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there were this many. Maybe um, it was just version numbers. Maybe they couldn't release until X eight. And they're like, you know, we've got to we've got to release because we're gonna get to Z ten soon. So we we've got to go. Um, that's it. We gotta jump ahead. Um, um but it, it is it is kind of an interesting thing of, you know, just art in general, is that uh I guess creative types are always looking for you know, a different way to express themselves or, or maybe not even looking for something like some people will see uh, something like a piece of technology and just immediately say, I want this to be my medium for expressing myself. Um, and so it just so happens that the electric, electric, I can't, Electrologica V8 <laughs> uh, struck, struck people that way. Yeah, I, did you, um, just to, aside before we talk about plotters in a minute, because I know that you're into your plotters, um, have you ever f looked at a medium and just gone, that's it, that's that's my medium? From I a think, creative point of view. 
Yeah, I mean, I got very, very into video games at a young age, and I kind of thought this is how I will tell a story. Um, and then learning the harsh realities of the video game industry uh, redirected me. And it wasn't until I had seen the the canvas on you know the HTML5 canvas, which I guess I wonder when browsers first implemented that. I must be. 2010 yeah about i think maybe yeah i'd say that's relatively spot on um that was when i was kind of i was actually looking at somebody's work and i just said oh this is for me this is the one um, this combines you know my particular interests of math and uh engineering and it feels like it's the place that i can uh be creative which is nice yeah um, and I think, yeah, that, that's exactly it for the for the early generative art. You know, people, you know, it's not easy to program or it's not easy to kind of just pick up off the cuff, especially on the Electrologica V8, I assume. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that took quite a, quite a few lines of code. Um, yeah, so we're, we're nighing onto the punch card eras. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you have a plotter, don't you? I do, I do. Um, I bought the... the <laughs> One of the newer, fancier, non-Electrologica. Uh, I have to actually draw V8. So, uh, yeah, I guess like a plotter itself is a fantastic tool. Um, it is a device that sits on, how do you describe it in the simplest terms? Two axes, uh, an X and a Y axis. And at the end, it has uh, a doohickey. I don't know what I would call it. <laughs> I think that, that's the perfect term for it. Yeah. Yeah. A doohickey that you you screw in a pen to, or it holds it holds a pen for you. Um, and so when I code something in a 2D space um, and save it out as an SVG, uh, the the plotter will then draw painstakingly do the the uh, work of drawing that on paper. Um, which is, I think, you know, if, if you look up particularly uh, hashtag plotter Twitter, I have to uh-huh. get my plotter Twitter Australian accent out of that plotter Twitter. Wait, you <laughs> plotter say Twitter. Plotter okay. Twitter, yeah. I'm doing my Queen's English. Uh, yeah, plotter Twitter. Plotter Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got it now. Yeah, if you look up that uh, on Twitter, um, you actually get to see all the kind of fantastic things that people are creating with it. Um, you know, the plotter exists in the kind of space of tooling of I coded something, help me make it physical now. Yeah, um, yeah. And then so, it um, also kind of adds the beautiful effect of when you print something, you're kind of constrained by the accuracy of the printer. What's the DPI of the printer world? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Something. Yeah. Uh, whereas, um, you know, in this instance, it runs a pen over the page. So you have infinite, would I say infinite resolution? <laughs> That's definitely yeah, not the case because yeah. it's not that accurate, but they're crisp. Um, so, the DPI of the printer world is DPI. It's it's dots prints, right? <laughs> Am I... I, d- I don't know. Um, I genuinely... Yeah, it's how many... It depends on whether you're um, printing from a... Uh, inkjet or a laser printer because I have a laser printer which just puts heat and like powder and melts the powder uh. on heat that's how lasers laser printers work um 
Yeah, but they are still restrained by resolution. Whereas when you have a pen drawing, you're only restrained by the size. Right, 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 um, right. right. Uh, but then on the topic uh, of lasers, to throw it back at you, you have a dangerous laser machine. <laughs> I do have a dangerous laser machine, which I was just about to get to because I was just about to mention you program an SVG for your plotter to draw. Mm-hmm. which my dangerous laser machine also um, draws with. So I have a laser cutter, which is one of these newfangled kind of, they, they kind of market it as a desktop laser cutter. It's the size of my kitchen table. <laughs> that sounds like but it's it, on a desktop to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like, you know, I, I have it in my house. It's a, to me, that's that's a win. It's not an industrial size one. Um, and it it's, pretty much exactly the same it's x y um but kind of plotting um it has a what did you call it a, 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 a doohickey a, a, a doohickey it's got a doohickey which has a laser in it and you don't want to take the laser out that's very important um and it's the same thing i send it an svg and it will cut um, any material, but not metal. You do need an industrial laser cutter for that. Um, but yeah, you're looking at anything up to about uh, sort of a centimetre thick, depending on what material it is. Um, so I do a lot of perspex, uh, wood, sort of MDF, uh, that's draft board in American English, cardboard. Would you I say recently, it's a fire hazard? It's actually really quite safe because it's got this huge lid which you shut um and keep shut at all times <laughs> uh, when it's cutting. It won't cut without the lid shut. And I actually did when I first got it. I was trying out this whole wealth of different materials, things, lots of actual material because I do a lot of sewing. So cottons and leathers and you can engrave with it as well. That's a big thing. Oh, so, cool. um, yeah, you can uh, just engraving on wood's really cool. But I decided to cut some real leather, which was very sort of furry underneath and it caught a light very quickly fantastic. very aggressively um, but it has an exhaust and so it sort of lit up um, it was very quick cut because I was only trying it and stopped and <laughs> the flames all went out everything inside is fireproof the exhaust blasted all the smoke outside um, but my house did smell like burnt leather Wait, it has an exhaust it has an exhaust pipe. yes because um you can get them with filters built in uh, but they were kind of twice the price so this kind like the bog standard model comes with an exhaust it has a big uh so silver metal tube and i have big double doors out to my outside area so i just move it over so the big exhaust can just go straight outside so all the all the smoke from inside the laser cutter goes outside um now I, I did actually try very recently i did show you this because i've been meaning to do this for a while usually what i laser cut is something that i've drawn or created so something very specific like i want to make a pair of triangular earrings so i will draw a triangle and i will cut out a triangle um so recently i started doing more generative stuff so um i'm just going to generate uh, a triangle. A pattern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, a pattern. Um, then C, and it, it's a tricky business because generating SVGs is I for me as a programmer, I would generate something on canvas 
um, so HTML5 Canvas, which you already mentioned, transform that into an SVG and then send that to the laser cutter because uh, that's the format it wants to cut in. Um, and it was it has worked pretty well, actually. So far, so good. But it is, it's all about just trying to think of nice things to do because you're making, like to me, I'm making something specific. Um, I'm not drawing a picture, as it were. So I'm like, I'm going to make some maze style earrings. So I need to generate a little maze. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's my uh, alternative it's, it's funny to that you your mentioned, Potter. Uh, um, the jewelry because there's a lot of cool people doing a lot of cool uh, kind of geometric generative. I think Charlotte Dan is is a perfect example, uh, which I'll we'll add a link to oh, in course, the link yes. section will create um yeah yeah like very very cool kind of like having a machine or or having some kind of machine aided generative process to then output into you know earrings or however but then for the stay at home none light your house on fire people uh of course the plotter is a fantastic a fantastic mechanism for kind of getting your creations back into the earth as well um Yes, absolutely. And uh, far more yeah. affordable as well. <laughs> Not that they're <laughs> particularly cheap. Um, I know that Charlotte uh, uses a 3D oh. printer, which uses metal. Oh, didn't know those yeah. existed. So it's... Um, yeah, that's very industry standard. It's not a... It doesn't have a small exhaust It's pipe. not a hobbyist machine, <laughs> by any means. <laughs> um, it probably does have an exhaust, actually. <laughs> but not... I, I don't think I'm going to be buying one of them as well. I, I think I'm all right That's with it. just uh, just the laser cutter. But yeah, she does amazing work with like hexagon generative silver printed. Um, I guess uh, jewelry, what, what other she? physical um, physical space tooling? I guess another big one is uh, lights, just in general. What what's yes. a good example? I guess That's Seb. A good one to bring up. Seb uh, Lee. How do I pronounce it? Um, um, we talked about laser cutters. There's also lasers. Um, yeah. I actually did a light show with Seb at the beginning of this year, and he had seven industrial strength lasers set up. Every time so, I talk to him, he has more lasers. Yes. Now, I still, even having spent three days uh, working with lasers, he's still definitely the man to talk to. It was, we had four on the floor behind these synths that he had made. And we will talk about this more. Hopefully we can get him to come on and actually talk about this. Um, and then three yeah, towers that were projected onto the outside of a building. And he had written a piece of software which used the API for these, like was a layer on top of the API for these lasers to be able to sort of create the shapes and the projections that he wanted the lasers to be basically. And he uses open frameworks to sort of power um, a piece of custom software that he's built to, yeah, sort of generate shapes and really cool visuals and the lasers going on with the, music. Get it onto the screen. And yeah, yeah. Like lasers are an incredible thing to generate art with that's for sure um another thing which isn't particularly affordable although i did see him just um he had a little unboxing of a 500 hundred uh, dollar laser 
which is extremely affordable as far as lasers go, um, because it was a sort of a strength that you could still use to do that kind of projection on buildings. Um, and it was just a small sort of almost the size of my laptop square box. And that sort of came with an API that you could uh, sort of program. And um, I don't really know much more than that, I'm afraid, at this time. No, but, let's get him on. There'll be a speed round. Yeah. <laughs> 10 questions with Seb. Um, but yeah, definitely um, another thing that you can you can program and do very cool generative stuff with. That's it. We There's a whole discussion that we have around we should definitely use lasers instead of projectors because they're more powerful and they look a lot cooler. Right? I mean, laser, I don't even know really in my head what to imagine when you say laser, but I imagine it looks really cool to look directly into the light. <laughs> Definitely, because I do not think <laughs> danger at all. <laughs> um, but yeah. okay, so these are, I, I would say those are probably the three kind of predominant ways of kind of uh, like physical means um, or, and physical tooling. There's probably, behind. there is other hardware. I mean, there's things like lights as well. If you want to go down a more hobbyist route and you just want to try some hardware, I'd say affordable uh, LED style. I guess hacking is probably a good thing to think about. Things like addressable LEDs, your sort of NeoPixel right, realm, right? Because right. Right? you can get boards and strips and all that kind of stuff. And it's not necessarily uh, generative in the way that you are drawing or cutting or even with lasers, you're kind of drawing. Um, LEDs are kind of fixed, I guess, but you can generate the code for those lights, right? Right. Um, and then we have, so we have the whole other side of tooling as well, which is uh, the, the, the non-physical yeah. side of it. So like the coding, the coding aspect of it, um, which is, you know, it's a whole other fantastic world, you know, <laughs> where I guess we kind of jumped the gun and did it backwards of, Hey, you've created an artwork. Now, how do you hold it in your hands? Um but on the creation side, uh, it's super interesting as well because it kind of goes from the absolute kind of most basic version of, of what you can have to, uh, to kind of really, really complex libraries and things like that. Um, when I started, the first generative thing I ever did was probably... Um, in high school, there was some use uh -huh. of Python, the, the programming language, and Python had a library and built into it called Turtle or Turtle 2D, oh, yeah. something along those lines. Um, and the, the idea behind it is that it's, it's, it's kind of commonly used to teach people and to, to get people into uh, linear thinking the way that you know, when you're writing code, you kind of think of what pieces are interacting with what and what's running. And, you know, this process has to run before this runs, before this runs. Um, and so the idea is that there's a total on the page and you would say, uh, go to, you know, pixel 10, 10, which is 10 on the x-axis and 10 on the y-axis. And then it would go to there and then you would say like, I can't really remember exactly the syntax, but it was walk to somewhere and it would kind of drag its tail behind was that, the teaching and, and it would kind of place you onto there. It would, it would draw a line from wherever you put it to wherever you tell it to go. Um, and then of course I would say, 
for us particularly, the kind of run-of-the-mill tool is going to be building it in your browser, assumingly with JavaScript and the Canvas, HTML5 Canvas API. I put that as ground level one. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. I think I vaguely remember that as well. Um, I'm trying to think of any other learning tools just for the creative stuff. I mean, I guess like the, the kind of idea is you kind of get in and start engineering. So for, for people who haven't used the Canvas API, uh, that is going to be um, something that you can look up on actually literally the website that's hosting this, uh, this uh, podcast, um, generativeartistry.com. Um, so you can kind of go through here and, and it would provide some examples of, of starting to code uh, with the canvas, um, but then there's such a, a cool uh, world of, um, I guess, frameworks to to oh. to build upon. Yeah, there's so many, um, isn't there? Um, it's almost like you can just pick your programming language, yeah. and there will be. You would have to say, hopeful. what would you say? Starting off, processing. Pro- yeah, processing is probably one of the most well-known for artists in general so any kind of creative coding and like generative work yeah Uh, that's a java-based uh program just like javascript Um, and i think the one (laughs) (laughs) just like javascript yeah they're the same thing um they're not let's (laughs) say that they're not the same thing for people that are listening i want to i want to mislead Um, but we should yeah (laughs) Uh, so correct me if I'm wrong about this but I think they uh, is like their whole remit is to you have like a setup and you have a run yes so you do like a whole bunch of stuff to set up well, you your say, program like, my canvas then... is 500 by 500 mm-hmm. um, that's, I'm going to set up this shape and I'm going to do this thing and I want yeah, this yeah, data these are my shapes and um, then I'm going to run it. So you have this real-time loop going on all the time, right? Yeah, it just and goes run function, run function, run function, run function. Yes. Yeah. Is this the first program that really instigated that way of, like, that kind of architecture? I think... Because that's a very common... I mean, it's got to be one of the first. I mean, of course, it's built on, say, like an animation cycle of how yeah. things are animated. You know, we, we update... And then we run, but I think it's, it's the perfect, I mean, the JavaScript version is p5.js and I think their website is p5.js. I'm going to look it up quickly. Okay. Right now. Um, Cause that's a very common. P5.js.org. Um, p5.js.org. That's a very common way of architecting uh, creative coding now, isn't well, it? Yeah, I know that exactly. it's something that I tend to instigate even without any libraries. I, d- I don't use any libraries. I just use JavaScript in the browser and we have request animation frame, which is basically a run function. So you're just uh, kind of, it's like a draw, just do this thing all the time, basically. That's it. <laughs> we'll just keep calling, keep yeah. going, keep P5 going. JS does a good way um, of, yeah, like fully abstracting the steps and then managing the loops and managing the, you know, the, 
the processes yeah. in a fantastic way. So that's yeah. a great uh, place to get started. Yeah. It is a great place to get started because P5 uses JavaScript, which is um, loosely typed. And depending on where you're coming from, you, you may not like it. You may prefer strictly typed. But I think when you're getting started, it's just a little bit easier. Yeah, it's a less mean. Um, it's just a, yeah, exactly. It's just a little bit more forgiving. Um, so P5, P5 processing, awesome. And then, yeah, it all kind of starts to explode from there, you know. It's, it's all... Yeah, I already mentioned Open Frameworks, um, which Seb was using for his lasers. This is a kind of OS level based piece of software. Is it just OS X, Open Frameworks? I've yeah, only ever the used open in it. I feel like it shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> runs on pretty much all platforms. Yeah, my mistake. Okay, it runs on all platforms. Now this is a C plus plus based C plus plus based software. Uh, again, it's just creative coding software. You, uh, I feel like I've only used this once, and if I start saying things. I may not be talking <laughs> truths. Um, um, yeah, I mean... It, but I it, feel like it was quite similar to um, other creative coding software, which I have used, whereby and you create I guess shapes. We have Cinder is the big one as well for us, us, a lot of 3D modeling, which is also C++. Cinder's quite old school, isn't it? Cinder's been around maybe the longest. It has been. I think there's a there's a video. Um, I'll find it to reference in in this. Of I can't even remember the name, but the the Twitter handle or the avatar handle, I believe, was Flight Four Hundred Four, um, and it's kind of one of the most influential uh, creative coding videos I've ever seen. Where. Um, I don't know. It just resonated with me. It's some kind of somebody create playing around with, I believe it was Cinder. It would be useless piece of information if it wasn't when I check this um, and kind of making these different scenarios with different uh, kind of random situations in these, in these little testing areas. Uh, and I think seeing some, you know, with Cinder, it's like when it looks good, it looks unbelievably good. Yes. It's kind of a true, yeah true beauty of the of the art um <laughs> you, i thought you were gonna say but when it looks bad <laughs> no um, when it looks bad no that's it looks true like actually having it. seen I, yeah. i've not used cinder but having seen some examples they have looked absolutely incredible like blown away incredible um it is worth mentioning that all these bits of software um a big part of them is including other things like uh, video and input and like you said with cinder 3d um I'm trying to think of some more examples. Microphone input. Um, yeah, yes. they want to make everything easier, which is truly, truly nice. Uh, processing kind of going right back to the root or even just using the canvas still provides you methods of, uh, you know, saying draw a square or draw a circle. It, it kind of tries to give you the basic building blocks of which, you know, then you can code upward and build uh -huh. bigger and more kind of extreme, extreme examples. I feel like there's a lot of other tooling aspects that we want to talk about, but maybe should semi wrap up now. We want to talk about uh, like using the data, data, data. Da you say data, I'll say data. 
I mean, I say both bases. Yeah, <laughs> we need the Queen's English again. Um, um, how about but, you know that is a yes. super interesting tool, but we're going to talk about that in a completely different episode, and then. Uh, that's probably a good idea because yeah. we'll talk about data separately. Um, there's also some audio tools. I'm super into the audio tools, but we are also going to talk about audio separately as well so we can keep them for the audio episode. Um, it's worth... The bigger lesson is we could just talk forever, I think, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are a good place to start with just some creative coding software. Uh, yeah, I think we'll we'll probably end up having 800 kind of get started links in here yes. yeah. which would be cool thanks very much for listening to this week's Genitive Art Podcast we'll be back next week with an episode on tooling so make sure you listen you can find all the links and all the information about this episode on generativeartistry.com 